welcome to Book Nerds Podcast. I'm your co-host, Nora. And I'm your other co-host, Jaya. Today we will be talking about dystopian books. This is part two. If you enjoyed this episode, check out part one in our first season. Please remember to visit our website, booknerdsblog.com, and subscribe to this podcast. Let's get started. Before we go into talking about our lovely, depressing dystopian books, I would like to briefly mention that we have a new feature book up on our website, and I have not read it. Jaya has not read it. Annabelle has read it. Annabelle's not here. So like, it seems like a good book. Seems like a cool book. So check it out on the website because we can't tell you anything about it. Yeah, it's about the Cold War. That's about all I know. All right. Our first book series technically is Divergent. Super popular, has been super popular for a while. It's part of like the trifecta. It's like you have to read Hunger Games, Divergent, and Harry Potter. Yeah, Um, I would agree with that. The author is Veronica Roth. Uh, this is a YA book, obviously. You probably already know that. But yeah. I have read the first two. Technically, I've listened to the first two on audiobook. And I have not gotten around to reading the third book because something really depressing happens and I don't feel like reading it yet. Personally, yeah. it's an amazing concept. There are these five factions and they're personality-based. So it's like value-based. So whatever you value the most that's where you go. Yeah, it's, so. there's, there's Amity, which is like all the peaceful pacifist people. There's Dauntless, which is like all the super daring uh, people. There was Erudite, I think, was where like all the geniuses went. There was uh, an Abnegation, I think, was where people who were like super service oriented and like they, mm-hmm. if you went there, like you were like a you know, gratitude and service and all that stuff. And then was there another one? Or I think were there just four? Yeah, no. Uh, Candor is the last one. It's honesty. Candor, yes. So honesty. there's these five factions and it's, you're, it, you're sorted based on whatever you value, like that core value. If that's yeah. like strongest within you and you think that's most important, that's where you go. But they give so, you an aptitude test when you turn a certain age and then, then you're sorted and, you know. Yeah. The world building super cool. Uh, that's probably one of my favorite parts about it is like, I just, I love the concept of it. So Eurydice, the smart ones are trying to like take over the government from Amity, abnegation from abnegation. And that's happening. And the main character doesn't fit in any faction. That's sort of, that's why she's the main character. So she has to like, yeah, try hide it. so she mm-hmm. goes into Dauntless and then she like meets the love interest and it's like, ben dystopian. yeah. Yeah. And then they end up rebelling and figuring out everything that's going on. And it, you know, it pretty basic plot from there, but she's like considered divergent because she, when she took the test, she like didn't fit into anything. So. Okay, so personally, I cannot stand the main character. You can't? No, I can't. You didn't like her? She's so annoying. But okay, I what was annoying about her? Yes, the love interest. Oh my the god, four. Guys, Tobias just read this book for the love. The entire yeah. point of reading this book is for Tobias. I'm not even kidding. I cannot stand her. 
she's just constantly like making stupid decisions because like she feels guilty about such stuff she's had to do. I'm like, pull I see where you're coming together. from. I see where you're coming from, but she's not really that bad. Like compared to, like she she's a pretty classic dystopian character. I feel like painful to listen to. I'm like, dude, like go back to your boyfriend. He's hot. Like try to keep him with you because he's sane. She's not logical. She just acts on pure emotion, and I just and then she's like. So self-sacrificing. I'm like, pull yourself together. You're a leader in this. You can't die. Yeah, but a lot of characters in dystopian, a lot of main characters in dystopian books are self-sacrificing. Why do you think I don't read dystopian that much? Fine, fine. I can't get to I really liked, personally, I thought this was a great series. I was like obsessed with it. I was very obsessed with it for a while because the farther that you got into it, like, the more intricate the plot became and, like, the more that you figured out that, like, it it was super multi-layered. And as you went along, you realized that. And by the third book, it was, like, woo, like, it was mind-blowing. It was awesome. I would highly recommend this if you're, like, a dystopian fan. And obviously, this is, like, a must-read. The whole concept of factions in Divergent and how the city was um, split up into different factions based on values I thought that like that was a very very interesting concept and it was really great like it was I thought it created a very cool dystopian world so that's definitely worth checking out also part of my problem with Divergent like love it it's a fantastic plot line very fast paced like it it's clear why it appeals to so many people but like I understand where the Eurydite are coming from. Like, I don't see them as villains. They're, they're the smart group. Like, I understand I I remember, their desire for power. Like, I remember I that it. too. Like, they had a reason behind what they were doing. Yeah. Which I think makes it interesting. Like, there's no true bad or good. Like, the things mm-hmm. they do are sometimes bad because they want control so desperately. But I don't see them as all bad. So that's part of the problem with I feel like the main character just, she's not functioning on a higher level. She's too emotional. Like if she would just take a step back, she would realize like, maybe I'm not the perfect savior that everyone needs me to be. I hate her so much. Well, yes, I, but I, that's a good point about the, um, how the erudite and like all the multifaceted good and bad stuff in this. I thought that was really interesting as well in this dystopian novel. The author did a good job of exploring that. Yeah. So, I mean, definitely recommend it, obviously. A lot of people have read it. Everyone seems to really like it. Yeah. All right. So, the next book is, um, Nora has not read it. I read this. This is one of my all-time favorite series ever. Um, This is Legend by Mary Lou. And it's a trilogy Legend was the first book. Second book is Prodigy. Third book is Champion. And I read this series really fast because it was like, it was the best thing I've like ever read. Um, so in this series, it's what was once like the U.S. is now home to two different nations, the Republic and this other one. And it's set in the Republic, which is like Western U.S. and I think it's in like Los Angeles is where it's mainly set. And it's 
like this, the Republic is constantly at war with its neighbors. And one of the main characters, June, is 15 years old and she is a military prodigy who is like born into this elite family, like super wealthy and everything. And she is like already like a military, she's like becoming a military officer because she's so good. Because when you're a certain, I think when you're 10 or 12 in this series, you have to take a test and they score you. And it's like some, it's just some test that you have to take to figure out like, where are you going to go? And if you get below a certain score, then they like kill you or something. I forget what it was. Yeah. Um, but she got a perfect score on this test, which is like insane. So, uh, so, you know, she's a prodigy and, and she's the, one of the main characters. And then the other one is a 15 year old named Day, who is the Republic's most wanted criminal. And, but he's like actually super complicated and he's this really incredible character, you know, like hero of the people type guy who the, all the military people like June and all of her people are like, oh no, we hate this guy, we wanna capture him. And that's what they're trying to do. But then Day is trying to, um, you know, he's like the, kind of like the vanguard of the poor, he's kind Robin. of, he's okay, basically he's Robin. Robin Hood. Yeah. And he's awesome. I loved him so much. He was like the greatest character because he was like, he was very multi-layered and he had that like criminal side to him, but he also had like his, all his family was like dead and his mom was like his, he like lost his mom or something. And he had seen a lot of what it was like to be, to like live in the slums. And he had been through a lot of crap. I freaking love anti-heroes. They're yes. so much better than regular heroes. They're so much better. And that's exactly what he was. He was like the perfect anti-hero. Yeah. And he... Okay, can you talk to me a little bit about the romance? Yes, I can. So, well, first, I'm like, keep, I'm going to keep going about the plot because that's where, you know. Um, but then they, Day, eventually cross paths because June's brother is murdered and Day becomes the prime suspect. And then... Um, Day is trying to like fight for his survival and his family's survival. And June wants to avenge her brother. And she is like a crazy, like vengeance hungry, but like it's, she's like insane, ruthless and seeking vengeance for her brother because she loved him so much. And then, but then they uncover that, like the truth of what really brought them together. And um, I'm sorry, and, the cat is like right there. It's so cute. Yes. And then eventually I think she kept they captured day like the military captures day and then she and or day and June eventually like they start figuring out uh oh like the government is a lot more twisted than it seems and then they discover all the secrets and everything but they fall in love and they have this like super cute romance because you like you didn't think because in the beginning, it's it's enemies to enemies Dude, to lovers. Everyone thought they were going to end up together. If it's two main characters and it's dystopian, chances are they're going to fall in love. Especially if they're on opposite sides. Like, mm -hmm. yes. 
And as the series progressed, like their romance got more and more complicated and it kept, they kept being thrown into all these situations that were like, oh my God, it, it gave me anxiety, everything that was going on between them and what was happening in the book. It was so good. It was, it was so good. I love the characters and I love their romance. This is why I don't read dystopian. Like if I want a cute romance, I'm going to read a cute romance. And then I know they're going to end up together and no one's lives are in any danger. They just do stupid things. And it's so cute. Not like the world depends on you. Yeah. And this, it was like the world depends on you and you're probably both going to die. Yeah. See, that's not like, why, why would I read something? like that when I can just read a rom-com another reason is I just don't because adrenaline um clearly you have never read a romance where it's like clearly you you have never read something as good as legend because the adrenaline was like we like the adrenaline's not the fun part of reading it's the happy ending I don't remember if this had a happy ending to be honest I I remember I don't remember if the romance had a happy ending, but there was um there was a sequel that came after and it was uh, focused on some other characters, but that was really good too. So that's like a little bonus if you read this series, it comes with the, a little sequel. Bonuses are cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. Dystopians are cool. They're always really good when I do pick them up. It's just, I don't think it's realistic to try to completely restart a government. Like, you're just going to fail on that, too. So, like, why why would I read that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember the government being, like, really bad in this one. And they, that was very, like, it drove the plot super fast. But, yeah, this legend, like, my, one of my favorite, all-time favorite series ever. Fantastic characters, amazing romance, super fast plot. Everything was great about, like, it was just perfect. I loved it so much. Definitely check it out. Okay, our next book is We Set Fire. We, I always mess up this title, is We Set the Dark on Fire. And this book, this series was outstanding. Just, it was incredible. Basically, there's this girl. Let me start by talking about the world. So it's this very um, Latin America inspired world. And like that comes through a lot. Like it talks a lot about that. That's interesting that they have like that dystopian Latin America culture Mm -hmm. thing. And then basically there's this massive wall and it's like inner city. And at the very, the city is this giant hill. And at the very top are like the richest people. And then at the very bottom is like the slums. Yeah. And then outside the wall is like, the really, really bad people. But they're not actually bad. They're just like a different type of people, right? Mm-hmm. So basically the main character came from outside the wall. And of course. her parents like snuck her in, got her enrolled in this school that trains girls to be the wives of the richest men. Ooh. And every man has two wives wives one to be like his in public wife that's just like very prim proper emotionless doesn't cause scandal and the other to like raise children yeah so 
see, I see where I see where this is going. Kind of Handmaid's Tale-ish. Not quite. Um, so basically, so she gets chosen along with her nemesis from school. And Ooh. it's like the primero wife and then like the segundo wife. Yeah. So like they ha- they're called first and second. They're actually mm-hmm. very equal. Like everything that's wrong with the society, wives are very equal. Like one is not better than the other, which I thought yeah. was interesting. I was like, out of all of the divisions you could have chosen, that was not one. It is interesting. Yeah. So she and her rival from school are chosen and she gets approached by this rebel society and they're like, hey, we know stuff about you. So we're going to blackmail you into helping us. And then she gets like, yeah, then she gets genuinely interested in being involved. And her husband is like scumbag. Like he's not. He's like the highest man in society, but he is not a great person. Like just very, yeah, pushes both of his wives aside basically, which is not great. So she gets closer to the second wife and then they fall in love. All right. Don't spoil too much. I won't. And then the book ends on this freaking massive cliffhanger. Huge. But there's a second book. And then the second book is told from the second wife's perspective. And the nemesis or the original nemesis, OG? Yes. The original nemesis that then fell in love with the first wife, who was the main character. Oh, oh, this sounds really good. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Like it was, this series is outstanding. So then the second book is told from the second wife's perspective. And I can't tell you anything about that book without completely spoiling the first book. So basically you just have to read both because both of them are incredible. Yeah, this so. is on my want to read list. I really, I've been wanting to read this really bad. Oh, it's outstanding. Yeah, so highly recommend that book. Our next book, The Grace Year. God, this book was weird. Like it was freaky. It was, it was like bizarre as crap. It was a strange, strange concept. And so honestly, I actually, yeah. So I got this book from Allie. Allie wrote a review on it. Allie wrote a review for this book on Book Nerds. And I was like, ooh. So I got it. And I listened to it as an audiobook. Oh, you did? Is, yeah. Um, they did a good job. I can imagine that being even more freaky than reading the book. It was wild. Like, it was like yeah it was strange so I listened to it and Allie first described it to me as like the older version of the Hunger Games which it kind of is but basically I saw it as a mix between the Hunger Games and the Handmaid's Tale you've never read the Handmaid's Tale yeah but Handmaid's Tale actually it seemed similar to me Handmaid's Tale was similar to the Gracier and kind of we set the dark on fire because the two wives thing Mm -hmm. but it was disturbing the grace here this book so basically the world is like it's very primitive but not yeah it's like an older yeah it's definitely set in older times no technology like they farm they use wells so it's like yeah it's an older yeah and then it's like it's interesting it was interesting how that added to the dystopian aspect for sure 
So it's basically, in my opinion, the Hunger Games meets like this super religious cult. Because when you turn six, so in this society, you turn 16, you get sent to the woods to like they send, they banish these girls to the woods to get rid of their magic, which is supposed to like seduce men and make them go insane. So they, the woods, you get rid of their magic. Basically, they go out to the woods to break their spirit in order for their husbands to have complete control over them. It is so weird. Um, and the crap that goes on out there is really, really freaky because all the girls turn on each other. They all turn on each other. There's like, if you escape inside of the fence, there's these people outside of their village that will kill you. And then they sell the body parts, which is, it's a whole thing. Um, it is YA. And it's like, it's creepy in an unsuspecting way. Like it never explicitly, like the whole time you're just like, this is, this is not right. This is not right. This is not yeah, right. It's not scary. It's, it's creepy. It's, it's definitely like, like creepy, it's, un, creepy. it's, instead of being disturbing, it's unsettling because everything they're doing that like, just, you're like, mm, should, can, it can doesn't we not? feel right. Any of it. It doesn't feel right. But like the way the author writes it. Like, it doesn't come across as wrong. <laughs> hmm And the main character is kind of like an outcast to begin with. Mm-hmm. So then she's she tomboy. gets... Yeah, she's, she's tomboy. a witch. Then she gets forced into, like, the grace here with all these other girls who already don't really like her that much. And then things mm-hmm. start going, like, out of control. Yeah, it's wild. Uh, there's two different love interests. The first one I pegged immediately. The second one is pretty obvious, but like their relationship was not healthy. That was never going to work out. Yeah, that was not good. It was like, mm, maybe let's not start the foundation of a relationship on captivity. What if we don't do that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, don't like they were, it. they were cute together, but I was like, you guys are not, mm, no. But the relationships were not the highlight of the book. The highlight of the book was the weirdness of the society and yes. like the way they treated women and the relationships between the girls and all the stuff that went on in the woods. And yeah. it was creepy. It was, yeah, it was like this fascinating commentary on the way women Feminism can be treated and, and yeah. what else and, and like women's relationships and what it means to be a, like a girl and a woman, it it definitely explored some some of those concepts and stuff. And it was ways. so intelligent. Yeah, like, very. It's just it's a fantastic book, like just incredible, poignant, so striking, poignant. That's a great. It. Yeah, for sure. The next book, I'm going to pronounce the title wrong. Just not by right. Jaya. So the I, next book is Sight. By yeah, Neil Schusterman. Yeah, this is also um, this is also like one of my all-time favorite series, This and Legend. So I'm I'm very glad that I get to talk about these. Um, this is by Neil Schusterman, who's a pretty popular YA dystopian author. Um, and in this world, it's everything like it. It's not weird, and it's like it's honestly kind of like our world at first except there's no death 
no natural death. There's like no hunger, no disease, no war, no misery. Like everything is completely normal and everyone has everything that they need. There's no poor people. Like there's nothing. Basically everything's all taken care of. And it's basically a utopia, but without being like a utopia utopia, because if you're just like a normal person, then life goes on as normal. You just don't have to worry about dying and anything. Um, and it's not like your typical utopia because it doesn't seem that weird. And there's an AI that is the leader of this society called the Thunderhead. And that's like the AI that makes everything like, right. They're, they're the ones that take care of it all. That AI becomes a very interesting character later on in the series. But in the first book, basically, because humanity has like conquered death, they have realized that they need to uh, control the population. So there are these specific people called Scythes who are chosen to, like they go through training and everything and then they kill people. But not, like they do it artfully and carefully and in a very respectful way. And, you know, like you don't want to get killed by it. Like you, you don't want to get Scythes. You don't, yeah. Not, I'm not seeing what the issue is with this society. I know. I didn't either. Um, I think you're supposed to, but I didn't like you're see supposed it. So just to be clear, the entire book is just like, oh, okay, it's a, it's a society. Is yeah. there supposed to be something wrong? Well, um, so two characters, Citra and Rowan, they're teenagers, and they get chosen to be apprentices to a scythe. So they're becoming sites and they're like, we don't want to do this. We don't want to be the people who have this terrible burden of having to like be the ones that kill people. Um, and so Better they like they, someone else, like, wouldn't you yeah. love to have that control? Uh, yeah, I'm but then to the thing about being a site is like, all the sites are very respected because it's because their job, yeah. like it sucks. It's a terrible job. They have to go around that people. Like, no one wants that to be their job. Um, so they, yes. Do the people get fair warning that they're about to die? Like, do they get to get their affairs in order? Um, no, they get randomly chosen. Well, actually, every site does it differently, which I thought was super interesting because there mm -hmm. are some sites that let people get their affairs. Like, all the different kinds of sites and the way they did things was insane. I loved how they all did it differently. And in... It was really, really cool. But I loved all the Scythe people. I thought those were like the most interesting characters. But basically, Citra and Rowan are chosen to be apprentices to Scythes. They, I think one of them at the end of like their training, one of them goes on to become a Scythe and one of them, I think, is killed. And they like, they learn, you know, throughout like they, throughout their training, everything, they learn that like living in a perfect world comes with a price. You know, it explores a lot of morals and ethics about killing and death and, mm. and like, do, like, should we die naturally? Like, is it, is it okay to like kill people, but in like a moral way? And uh, so I understand the premise. Like, it seems like a cool book series, but just to clarify, like, it's more of a utopia that's a commentary on who deserves to live and die. Yes. It's less yes. like we need to overthrow a 
corrupt government. Yeah, which made this series really good. And so in the first book, well, in the first book, in the first book, Citra and Rowan are apprentices to the scythe and they're like going through all these challenges of becoming a scythe and that at the end, like they want to do their best because one of them like lives or dies. But then um, at the end, it like leaves, it leaves you on a massive cliffhanger. And then in the next books, that's when things in the next two books, Thunderhead is the second book and the third book is the toll. Things start to get really, really crazy after the first book. Because the first book is like, you're just, you're getting adjusted to the society. You're seeing all like the moral dilemmas that come with the whole scythe thing and like no death and stuff. And then in the next two books, then you start really learning about like the, the thing, the AI that rules it all. And like the, how twisted the, the whole like scythe people are. And there is a bad scythe. This one guy, Scythe Goddard, you realize that he's corrupt and he's like killing people um, for fun. And I think that is part of the plot in the first one. But then that becomes more of the plot in the second ones. And they're trying to like stop Scythe Goddard and everything because he's making all the Scythes corrupt and killing everybody. Um, But it's so multi-layered and it's, I really, really loved the way it explored like moral the morals and ethics of death and killing and the uh the ai the thunderhead was super interesting because it was like actually like it was an ai leader and you'd think that'd be like really bad but it was not at all it was like perfect and i was like what in the world i'm kind of having a problem with myself not having a problem with this um and there's the in this third book there's a cult that ends up like becoming really big um and the world starts collapsing and everything. Um, so this series, you should read it. It's loaded. It's just loaded. Cool. That that sounds like a dystopian, like I could kind of get behind. I think you would actually really dig this series because it's not super depressing. It's not really, it's kind of depressing, but it's not like that bad. Yeah. And it's different. That sounds really interesting. Okay. That was our last book. This is it varied group of dystopian books like we got a little cult we got a little utopia we got a little classic it's great Mm -hmm. yeah both of the series that i talked about i am like a huge 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 fan of those so i would recommend checking those out i loved both the the books i talked about except for um divergent divergent is like you got to read it because it's popular yeah, but this, I feel like this episode had a lot of good, like, we really liked all the stuff in this episode, so I would recommend checking them out. Uh, if you want, if you love dystopian, but would like to read some more challenging dystopian, check out our classics episode, episode four, season two. Yeah, that is it. So... Before we go into quote of the episode, I'd like to give a shout out to The Graham Man for filling out our survey on booknerdsblog.com. Thanks, The Graham Man. Quote of the episode. The beauty of dystopia is that it lets us vicariously experience future worlds, but still, but, mm, but we still have the power to change our own. Ali Condi. Who is the author of the Match series.
I knew I recognized her name. That's the really bad one. Yeah. Oh, we might talk about in another episode. Good quote, though. Good quote. As always, the list of books that were discussed can be found on our website, booknerdsblog.com. And that's all until next time. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and check out our... Hmm. Speaking is hard today. And check out our site, booknerdsblog.com. While you're there, please fill out our survey for a shout out on the Book Nerds podcast. Also, please share our web... Our website. Struggling today. Our website and podcast with friends and family. This episode is dedicated to Google Sites for making it possible for four girls to start what has become a four-year endeavor of a book blog. Yay! Thanks, Google Sites. Yep. Although, stay tuned, because we might be moving in. So, thanks for getting us started. (laughs) Book Nerds Podcast is produced by Nora and Jaya. Our executive producers are Nora and Jaya. Engineering and sound design by Nora and Jaya. Our editors are Nora and Jaya. Our music is The Big Chase, classic silent film music performed by Joe Renato.